Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about commitments, setting your intentions, restarting your routine, and committing to you from day one. Until March 31st, buy any Body Armor products at your local Walmart. And Body Armor will give you 50% cash back via a Walmart e-gift card put towards your fitness journey. Visit www.bacommittofit.com backslash WM for rules. Body Armor Light, the low-calorie, zero-sugar-added sports drink. Hello, and welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radios. Uh, well, it's Big Blend Radios. I'm going to say Parks and Travel Show, but it is really our Travel to Larry County show. Every first Thursday, we talk about Sequoia Country, which is up in Central California, and we're talking an area that's home to uh, Sequoia National Forest, Sequoia, a giant Sequoia National Monument, Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks, and also all these amazing communities that make up this region, like Tulare, Visalia, Porterville. Uh, We've also got like Exeter. There's all kinds of communities that three rivers that make up this region, which is known as Tulare County. So check out discoverthesequoias.com. And every uh, first Thursday, that's what we do. We cover the area, whether it's the communities, the parks or the forest. And today we're super excited to welcome back Denise Alonzo, who we've gone hiking with many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is from Sequoia National Forest and also the giant Sequoia National Monument. And I encourage you to go to their website, which is fs.usda.gov forward slash Sequoia. So welcome back, Denise. How are you? Thank you. I'm wonderful. I'm glad to be back. Hey, oh. this is cool. Listen, it looks like you're in some cool water back there. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yes, we're uh, expecting the heat of summer. Uh, we've had a couple of days where we exceeded 100 degrees. And so nice. we're all uh, looking forward to spending a little time in some rivers and, and lakes this summer. Oh, yeah. that sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, this picture we have behind us is from when we went hiking with you. Oh. And I know we went to Belknap. Am, am I right about that Belknap area? And uh, it's just so beautiful and played with squirrels and, you know, well, we didn't, we didn't feed them or do anything. We weren't no, close to we just you know, watched them. But you were the person who uh, first taught us about the difference between a sugar pine and a sequoia, because, mm-hmm. you know, you would always think those, I, I have, you know, I think those photos have gone everywhere of you holding up this, this is a sequoia cone. And here's these giant sequoia trees with these tiny little, you know, pine cones. And then here's the sugar pine with this giant pine cone and um it's just bizarre (laughs) yes you would you would think that the giant sequoias would have those seven inch long sequoia cones but that's just contrary to what we actually experience the sugar pine cones are like five to seven to nine inches long and they've got Mm. these these huge pine cones however the sequoia cones are these little teeny tiny things about two or three inches long and and pretty pretty round and so the sequoia Mm. seeds that come out of those are just these little tiny things they're about a quarter inch eight to a quarter inch long and and it's amazing that they grow these tremendously large huge 300 foot tall 18 foot around giant sequoias 
Oh, I mean, so, that's the same. How long does it take a tree to, to get to like even tree size, like an average tree? Well, you know, you can have a giant sequoia seedling that starts off at, you know, an inch tall and over, you know, 1,500 to 3,000 years is when they get to be the 300 foot tall, you wow. know, 20, 20 feet around where you can't even have, you know, 18, That's 20 amazing. people join hands around these amazingly large giant sequoia trees. Wow. So you're saying that basically these are dinosaur trees. Yeah. Yes, they are. And they should be, you know, treated as such as they're, they're such a, a splendid organism that we need to do what we can to take care of them. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really wow. wanted to touch on this because it, there is a difference. So you're a national forest and then Giant Sequoia National Monument is also part of uh, the National Forest Service. And then we have uh, Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks. But everybody's kind of connected, right? We so are. sometimes you could be driving through and not realizing, are you in a park? Are you in a forest? Are you in the National Monument? But um, there's different things you can do in different places. But um, really, all these fires have just happened last year, you know, and obviously fire has played, you know, havoc for a few years, but fire is also part of the Sequoia's livelihood. So this is kind of a, an interesting thing to talk about is the role of fire. Where are we now today in regards to the forest and the National Monument in that um, can people, I mean, I remember when we were there last year in spring, a whole part was kind of burned and we went up to the top of a mountain and um had a wonderful time, but it was a lot of recovery happening, but there was still these beautiful swaths of forests that people could enjoy. So where are we today? Because we had those other fires in regards to people being able to experience the forest and how is the forest health for the forest, not just us, the people, you know? Well, it did suffer some devastation last year because we had the KNP complex in the Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks and the northern portion of the Sequoia National Forest. That was about an 80,000 acre fire that did affect a large number of giant sequoia groves in the park and a portion of it in the forest. We also had the windy fire south of there on the Sequoia National Forest that affected another group of giant sequoia groves. That Those areas are still heavily uh, impacted by those fires from last season. So some of those sections are gonna be closed because the fire killed uh, sequoia trees and the other non-sequoia trees are still um, at threat or risk of falling and injuring people. And mm -hmm. so some of the spots are still closed this summer and they will be all season as we work to try to uh, push the natural recovery in those spots. We, we're gonna have to cut down some of the fire killed trees along the roads and near recreation sites in order to avoid the hazard of those falling on people as they come back into the area. Most of the spots have already been cleared of those fire killed trees so that we can reopen to the public. So most of the area, the, even the area that was affected by the KMP complex, most of that has been reopened by the National Park Service. And in the National Forest, we've reopened some of the area 
you can find out that information on our website. So if you're coming to our area, please check out those websites, both for the Park Service and for the Forest Service, to see exactly what's been reopened for your summertime travel. Uh, there's still lots of area available in both locations. It's just we want you to be safe when you come visit us. Right. So, and, and also there's maintenance, too, that's going on as well. Mm -hmm. So. Sometimes there some is. areas may be closed because of maintenance, right? So yes, that, I, yeah. I remember reading that sequoia trees, they're so huge, but they actually have pretty shallow roots. They do. Uh, and as well as they, they're not really used to the level of severity of fire that we experienced okay. recently. So, mm. you know, fire is a natural part of the ecosystem. However, the intensity of the fire that burned here last summer was greater than the sequoias themselves have experienced historically. Mm. So unfortunately we did lose about 10 to 20% of our giant sequoia trees oh. over four foot in diameter. Those are the very large giant oh. sequoias wow. that we all consider historically significant. We did unfortunately lose uh, about mm. 10 to 20% of those over the past three years, Yikes. just from wildland fire that we haven't his experienced and the trees mm. have not experienced in their history. So uh, we are trying to both recover from past fires as well as prepare for future wildfires. We want to do the best we can to protect the giant sequoia trees from future wildfires that, you know, are, are as intense. So it, as you probably are aware, we're continuing to experience a drought in California. Right. And this mm -hmm. So we have to work on protecting the ones that are still remaining. So right. we want people to be extremely careful with fire. We're already in fire restrictions in our area, meaning that you cannot have a campfire below 5,000 feet or outside of a developed site. Because, you know, developed sites are kind of monitored for fire spread. Our non-developed sites uh, at a lower mm -hmm. elevation, we don't keep an eye on those places. So we don't allow campfires or fireworks or smoking even in some places just because of the fire hazard. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we, we are um, monitoring um, our areas for wildfires and just make sure we don't have any additional fires this season that are going to cause such devastation as what was happening right. in the last few years. So mm -hmm. don't smoke and flick your ash out of the car or your cigarette butt. Please don't. Yeah, really. I know. I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's really serious. And you've also got, you know, people living within the forest. You've got actual you know, communities, it's very, very small, um, but also vacation properties and things like that all within or adjacent. And um, there's the communities just surrounding you that get affected as well. So um, I think you're, you know, it's, it's important that people are aware, but there's things to do and we can still go and see the trees and go hiking and get out. I think, um, you know, during COVID and everybody's just, they're anxious, they want out. And We've seen that over time. So uh, get out into your forest, but we need to do it responsibly. So what are some of the things people can do over this? I know you've got National Forest Week coming up too, which is uh, really cool. July 11th through 17th is National Forest Week. So that's a good time to get started. 
You bet. We've got 10 developed campgrounds that are open and ready for people to make their reservations on recreation.gov is the website where you can make your, your reservations for our developed campgrounds. Uh, Trail of 100 Giants is open, even though oh, the, boardwalk awesome. the boardwalk unfortunately was burned and destroyed oh. in the Windy Fire. Um, and, and it's it's kind of been a tragic thing because the Trail of 100 mm. Giants experienced the original fall back in 2011 of the giant sequoia trees that landed on the trail. So we ended up having to keep it closed for a few years until we were able to construct the boardwalk, which unfortunately another giant sequoia tree fell and crushed the boardwalk. So it was uh. closed again. And then we had the windy fire come along and burn the whole thing up. So the poor um, area where those original trees fell back in 2011 have now had three strikes. Wow. Uh, that the, means it's done now with that. Maybe it's, it's done, done now. Well, we may end up having to totally reroute the trail around that area because mm. in the windy fire, some large giant sequoia uh, logs ended up getting burned and they actually rolled onto where the trail and the boardwalk were. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, there's going to take, it's going to take some significant work and probably several mm. years to try to get that spot reopened. But the rest of the trail is open to the public and it was saved and, and the giant sequoias that live there. We ended up uh, installing sprinkler line all the way around the trail when the windy fire burned through here and, mm. and we in, it installed sprinklers and, and protected the giant sequoias that are there. So there's still some very, very large, impressive giant sequoia trees. Uh, even the one where uh, President Clinton, then President Clinton, stood and proclaimed the monument back in 2000. Uh, that mm. still stands uh, and it's unscathed in the wildfire. So um, it's definitely a place to visit when you come here. And it's interesting about the fire too, because these, these fires have been burning hotter. We've talked, you know, we've been yeah. hearing this as uh, society needs to understand. I mean, this is part of the climate change thing, right? Too, that yeah. things are burning faster and hotter. So, you know, I know that sequoias like fire for part of their reproduction, right? Um, we all like a little fire in that <laughs> department, but oh boy. sorry, had to go there. <laughs> but anyway, no, but but um, this is not the kind of fire they want. This is uh, when it gets a little too much, right? So is True. do you think there'll be regeneration mm -hmm. from this or is it kind of like the earth has to start new? It's very likely that we will get a lot of regeneration from this because okay. anywhere where a, a wildfire of any intensity has burned through a grove, uh, we find afterwards for years that there are little sequoia seedlings that are popping up. And so mm -hmm. the, the visitors who come to our area also need to realize we need to let Mother Nature take its course. Right. And so when you are visiting the area, try to stay on the main trail and don't mm -hmm. uh, just traipse across the country because you'll see a bunch of little sequoia seedlings trying to get started. And we don't want people walking across them and crushing right. them right now because we do want to let mother nature take its course and let those little sequoia trees get a good start. So right. you've got a nursery going. So this is a whole other experience for us as visitors to see this regenerative process happen. We've been through wildfires ourselves and watched areas I have to tell you, we, we were in, uh, living in San Diego in the mountains in Julian, and we went through a gazillion yeah. fires. 
And the last one was just one of those really intense ones. And this one part of Bannock Grade, which is a mountain pass down to the desert, really burned. And I used mm-hmm. to go up and down that grade all the time. And there was this, I know that this isn't native, but they had California lilacs. They all came back. All kinds of new plants came back, but there was this wisteria that someone must have planted. That wisteria, you know how intense, you know, wisterias are like, they'll take your house out if they want. This wisteria came back. And I, and I saw this wisteria come back this one day. I went, all is good. The wisteria made it through this fire it came back that means regeneration and the regeneration which we didn't think because it was a really hot fire that last one none of us really thought that it would be um that regeneration would happen for a while and it happened faster than we thought and plants that had not bloomed for maybe 10 to 20 years bloomed and well mm-hmm. not just bloomed came back you know so um it'll be interesting yes it will and sequoias you're right sequoias are a fire dependent species so they rely on some sort of disturbance to open the little sequoia cones so that the seeds pop out and then they get onto a soil that's receptive and that they can you know settle into and then grow and then they also like it when a fire or another disturbance takes out their competition. So takes out some of the non-sequoia trees in sequoia groves so that they can absorb all the light and warmth and the, and the water, the moisture from the rain. They don't like the competition that much, mm. but the recent fires have been so intense that it's um, gotten through the thick bark of the sequoia trees and gotten into the the center of the tree and actually killed quite a few giant sequoia trees. Wow, that's so they sad. like the lower intensity prescribed fire that, you know, the mm. controlled fire that we'll put into the ecosystem as much as we can in the fall when the weather's uh, not as hot and there's no risk of it escaping. Uh, we will do prescribed fire and they like that because we take out the competition, but we unscathe the giant sequoia trees. We don't kill the sequoia trees when we're doing prescribed fire or controlled fire. Uh, It's these recent uncontrolled high intensity fires that they're not getting along so well with. Would the Forest Service ever replant an area? Yes, and we do. Uh, Oh, okay. And we work with our cooperators. As a matter of fact, the Castle Hmm. Fire, which burned back in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, No, I'm sorry. That was too long ago. It was just three years ago that we had the Castle Mm -hmm. Fire. Yeah, it's been succession, right? It has been. Yeah. And so we actually had a planting day with the Rotary Club. They came up and planted a bunch of giant sequoia trees uh, along the, where you you and I went for a walk. We actually mm-hmm. visited the stag tree. Uh, it's one of the giant sequoia trees. It's the fifth largest giant mm-hmm. sequoia tree. It's on, it's on private land and it's now under the control of Save the Redwoods League. And they have planted a whole bunch of giant sequoias right around the stag tree because it was cool. affected by the castle fire. And so the Rotary Club worked with the Forest Service and planted a whole bunch awesome. of giant sequoia seedlings in that area just last a uh, few months ago. So, oh, that's yeah, awesome. We do yeah. pl- replant some of those areas that are most devastated. 
Awesome. I think it's really important in something we've been covering a lot on, and I feel like I'm repeating an interview we just recorded because it's, it seems to be something that's happening. And I, and I, I hope it just really keeps going is that um, we need to work together in communities, not only locally, but when mm-hmm. we as travelers come to your community, if we can get involved in a sequoia planting, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, we can donate money, et cetera. But if we can actually be hands-on and be part of what's happening, I think we have a greater understanding of just, sure. you know, what a sequoia tree is about, what is the, the web of life, the symbiotic things that happen within nature, you know. And so I think if we as travelers, when we go to these natural areas, if we can get involved in taking out invasive species, we're all going to look twice as hikers. Here we are as hikers. We want to get out in the forest. But did we clean our shoes off before we went hiking or did we bring something from across the country into a place that those seeds that were stuck to our shoe shouldn't be? So I'm wondering if that's going to be part of our new makeup in regards to travel and adventures that we, the travelers, 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Need to look at shifting how we travel to incorporate those kind of activities. Even when you have a campfire, did you bring in firewood from another forest that perhaps had a bug species living in it that we don't have in our area? So Mm. we even asked that if you're coming into our area that you get campfire wood from the local area so that you don't bring in from another forest. And so it's it's similar. Yes, you do need to look out for that. And we also ask that what you bring in, you bring out, you know, Mm -hmm. it's pack it in, pack it out. We don't want litter or even human waste left behind because we don't, nobody wants to encounter that when they come visit our area, they want it to be clean and, and natural looking. We don't want, um, you know, we don't even want your fire ring that you, cr- that you built left behind. We want you to disassemble that so others don't have to come and see that. Yeah, and, it's, and nature exactly. doesn't want it either. You know, so it's about us. We want to be one with nature, so be one with nature and take <laughs> care of her. So, you know, the, the thing is you, your forest areas are incredible. And I want people to know, like, you know, in the spring when you have a good snow, there's whitewater rafting, right? You've got wild and scenic rivers running through. There's hiking. Is there mountain climbing? Mountain Do climbing. Do- we've got rock climbing. We've got, you know, horseback riding and and uh, river running and, and lots and lots of things to do and places to see here in the National Forest and in the neighboring national parks. 
Um, sure. Lots of things to do. And if you want to bring your dog, uh, I would recommend you visit the National Forest uh, versus the National Park because they don't right. allow dogs right. off, the, off the parking area, outside the parking area. Uh, they're not allowed on trails in the National Parks where they are in the National Forest. Um, horseback riding is readily available in the National Forest. It's a little less available in the National Parks. Uh, hunting is available in the forest. Um, fishing is available in both. The rules and regulations are a little bit different between the parks and the forest when it comes to fishing. So just, just uh, kind of plan your trip before you come and visit, but we've got lots of opportunities in both locations. And so still camping is still available, like you were saying, in recreation.gov, I think is for everyone uh, that's a national you know, entity in regards to uh, nature and, and just going on these trails too. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Uh, you could go into, you've got lakes, is Hume Lake is open, right? All that yes. area. Yes. Beautiful. We love Hume Lake and the ducks. Oh, the yeah. last time we just sat yeah. and watched duck butts. That's so much fun. Butts were in the air, you know, how they <laughs> dive down. Dive down. Yeah. I know, you know, but we're all about nature here. It's all about duck butts and you know, but now nature, let's talk about this. You're out there hiking. How are the bears? I mean, they're out now. So any tips on, I mean, we want to see bears and, um, but we want to be mindful and, and not be uh, making headlines. Right. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to feed them. So yeah. I would, I would encourage you if you're camping overnight to have a bear box so that you can put your food away in a bear box or, you know, if most backcountry hikers know to hang their food in a tree beyond the reach of a bear or to put it in a bear container, bear proof container so that the mm -hmm. bears can't get to it. So, you know, we want our experience around bears to be good and not have them come in and interrupt you when you're trying to sleep at night. Or, you know, we don't want them to be attracted by food left out on the picnic table. So right. if you are visiting our area, we ask that you put your food away in an ice chest and maybe put it away in the trunk of your car out of sight. Mm -hmm out of smell of the bears because that encourages the bears to to seek more natural prey rather than to come in and seek uh, stuff left out on the table from our campers and we don't want bears to you know to not attack people we don't even want them to scare people in the right. campgrounds we want your bear experience to be positive and to for you to see the bear from a distance uh, from a safe yeah. distance Use and the telephoto lens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Our phones yeah. have them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that, that's, it, oh, Go ahead, Nancy. Sorry. I was just going to say that um, that the sense of smell in animals far supersedes sense of smell in humans. And I don't, you know, I know from living in Africa that a lion can smell something two to five miles away. So I'm not sure what the stats are on a bear. How how you know? But I. Yeah, I don't know how strong their sense of smell is, but they said that if you have your toothpaste in your tent, they can, yeah. they might be even be attracted to toothpaste in your well, tent. sugar. It's because so it's got sugar. It's a sweet smell. Yeah. So, you know, they, it's keep everything that a bear might smell outside the tent, outside your sleeping area and off your person. Yeah, it's mixed. Yeah, so I, don't brush your teeth. Sugar. You're not supposed to have sugar in your toothpaste. I was going to say that would defeat the purpose. I know. It's a myth. I was just like, I have to bring that back because we're going to get an email on Nancy. I know. There's, <laughs> no, there's a sweetener of some kind. Are there? It's, yeah, it's a, it's a, 
it's Don't a peppermint even. i don't know whatever yeah. but but yeah but this is what it is true there's like perfumes deodorants anything like that there it's oh. a sweet sweet smell but i want to go to the wildlife and bird watching because i know people go up in your area for that too it's you know you can see bear maybe if you're lucky deer uh so what what other kind of oh, marmots Marmots. 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 You can see marmots, uh, especially around Buck Rock, um, mm. up on the Hugh Lake Ranger District. Uh, you know, we have seen marmots there. As a matter of fact, if you leave your car behind for a very long time, they love to eat the radiator hoses on your car. <laughs> Talk about so, sweetness. <laughs> yeah, speaking of. Yeah, mm. so, uh, you know, if you are traveling, I've seen people even put chicken wire under their cars to try to discourage the marmots from eating the radiator hoses while they've been gone for a long time. But oh, that's you can funny. see condors, bald eagles, golden eagles, along with blue jays and all the little and you know, all woodpeckers. the woodpeckers. Yes, I love yes. them. The monkeys of the forest, right. the blue jays, because they really they just the blue jays and the woodpeckers have their thing going on. And they're always yeah. squabbling at each other, but they all hang out together in the same forest areas. But they're always going ah, 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 to each other. It's pretty yeah. cool. I love watching them because they're just, they are, they're monkeys of the forest, even though they're mm-hmm. birds, they're monkeys. And you got squirrels, speaking of monkeys. Lots they of are the squirrels monkeys. and chipmunks and, and ground squirrels. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's pretty impressive if you go out, you know, to a place by yourself and you just keep your mouth closed and listen to the wildlife. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, mm. hear the sights, hear the sounds, and see the sights of of Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Sometimes pica you can. Or, or, I was going to say, is it pika or pika that you have? Pika? What are they called? Pika, P-I-K-A. I think. Yeah. yeah. So those are out in your area, aren't they? Too like it, it's rare. You're gonna. I mean, if you see one, you're really, really lucky. Um, yeah, I'm not as familiar with those, but um, you can occasionally see. Uh, weasels or um we do have foxes and you know less bobcats you could see a bobcat and make possibly a mountain lion we do have mountain lions in our area so um you know there's there's all kinds of wildlife that you can see in our area so if you're hiking and you come across a bear Mm -hmm. what is the proper behavior i've heard all kinds of stories you know and i've heard Oh, put your arms up, yell, and run at him. And I'm thinking, I don't think I want to do that. Um, also, no, don't think I want to turn my back. I've heard lay down and play dead. I would not lay down and play dead because the bear might come and see what, and, and just out of curiosity, come and see right. what you're doing. Yeah. Um, it is. We have black bears in our area, and mm-hmm. if you know they're not really aggressive normally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the basically be act big. Uh, it's the same with a mountain lion, you know, stay with a group of people, you know, if you're traveling with a group so that the larger you are, the less likely they will be to approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would look for, say you have a mama bear and a cub nearby. The mama mm-hmm. bear may come to the cub's defense. Mm-hmm. So you want to be aware of any situation like that, where you don't want to get between a mama bear and a cub. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. normally they're going to run away from you. So just try mm-hmm. to keep your distance. Don't walk towards them in any yeah. threatening way. If you mm-hmm. feel like the bears, you know, kind of getting near you, 
uh, you might back slowly down the trail, you know, away from the bear or even step mm -hmm. off the trail and just kind of meander away from the wildlife. Mm -hmm. Keep your distance the best you can. If they come towards you, then you probably want to start acting big. And if mm -hmm. they do, um, you know, what we understand is if you are attacked by uh, a bear, you can play dead. A mountain lion, uh, they say beat it, you know, be, you know, hit it with your hands. You know, we have had occasions where people were attacked by a mountain lion and they defended themselves successfully away, mm -hmm. you know, against the mountain lion because they don't expect that. And mm -hmm. most of the time it's uh, injured or a sick uh, mountain lion that's going to attack you. And, and, but we haven't had a lot of attacks, bear attacks or wildlife attacks. Mm -hmm. It's a, yeah, I think it's, it's really about being aware and they know the pathways of people too, unless you're scrambling in areas you shouldn't, you know what I mean? It's really, they do know, and they don't really want to hang out with us No, you know, no. unless our, you our, have the food. Yes. So it's our just, experiences, I think, they really, really go the, the opposite direction. They really don't want to be around yeah. people. But this is an important conversation because like I said, after COVID, mm -hmm. everybody's starting to really realize the importance of nature and getting out and getting fresh air, getting out outside of their home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our parks and public lands are, you know, everyone's running towards them, especially the iconic ones like the sequoias, right? Mm -hmm. Yosemite, right. et cetera. And 92% um, of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. You know, it's, there's an, a, there's a understanding when you go in. So it's like, you know, I, I remember being in uh, the park in Southern Arizona at Fort Bowie and the ranger was telling us, well, there's this uh, mile and a half hike into where the fort is and the visitor center, unless you really need to take the back road, but this is how you do it. And we were there in end of June. It's, you know, Southern Arizona heats up just a tad. And she was saying how many people don't realize they'll get out of their car. They won't take their water with them. Oh. And they start hiking in flip flops. And so like we've really learned from our park travels. And honestly, our park tour, our Love Your Parks tour is forest, state park, everything now. You know, we've learned. And it was the Sequoias that actually you guys at the Forest Service said, well, why are you just doing this? You've got to do this. And we're like, OK, well, now we'll do everything. So we did. Now we're probably over a thousand parks. No joke. Um, it, mm -hmm. It's amazing uh, places we've been. And from what we've learned is. It is really important to understand these things about bears and mountain lions. Mm -hmm. And it's not a negative. It's just to have a healthy understanding, especially if you've never been into these wild areas or if it's a place that is completely different to where you live. You know, right. if you're coming from Germany and you're going into the desert, it's a little different. If you're coming from the northeast into the sequoias, it's a little bit different. So it, I think it's it's important that we talk about these things. It's not a negative. It's about understanding exactly. so you have the best experience everybody has it's, a good experience it's like flip-flops the only flip-flops need to be used in if you're going to take a shower in a communal like shower 
facility or a said, hotel. <laughs> don't walk from your campground through the <coughs> campground in your flip flops and then go into the bathroom. Don't do that. Just carry them and wear your normal shoes because that distance it's not that long, but anything can happen. And the last thing I want to do is be in a flip-flops when you see a snake. I don't like that idea. Oh, but all. Nancy, we do know a hiker, Robin <laughs> Easton, who lived in the Daintree Rainforest in yes. Australia. And she's an avid barefoot hiker throughout the I world. I know, but and dude. she lived with the snakes naked and did every, I mean, seriously, <laughs> but this is a rare person who, who lived among nature and learned the ways and routines of the animals so it's a little different but there are barefoot hikers but it takes time to learn how to do all that right so i'm and just saying that's a never percentage. Get but if you've never i mean if you're coming out of your house in your flip-flops and going on a hike you may want to rethink that yes. yeah i would recommend the first thing you do is let somebody know where you're going because mm-hmm. cell phones good don't point. work here you yeah, know once point. you get up in the mountains you're not going to call that person and say hey i'm running late uh mm-hmm. so you should let somebody know where you're going. Make sure you plan for your trip. Bring some food, some water. And the weather in the mountains is always unpredictable. Even mm. though it might be nice and sunny in the valley floor, um, from where you're coming from, we could have a cloudburst and a big rainstorm. And it could be, you know, we could get two to three inches of rain in a day. And it's cold. You're mm. wet. You're cold. You're not prepared. So, you know, in the wintertime or in the, like the fall, you want mm. to bring snow chains just in case the weather turns and it snows in the mountains because you never know what might happen. So bring That's plenty right. of drinking water. Uh, let somebody know where you're going and when you're expecting to be home so that they can call somebody if, they're, if you're not home and they can call the local sheriff or the CHP or the, mm. you know, in order to kind of help track you down a little bit. We do send people out to look for you and they do too. Uh, if you're overdue uh, and you know, it, it's a good idea to plan, wear good responsible shoes, uh, you know, <laughs> wear pants and, you know, right. or, or, yes. you know, wear pants. And when you're camping and you're walking through the brush with the prickly uh, bushes yes, you know, and long sleeves, and, you know, and wear a hat for the sun. You know, everybody wants to be responsible when you visit the outdoors. Mm. Absolutely. I, I love that you talked about the snow because I remember being in the Sequoias and all of a sudden it was like early October. Well, hello, there's snow. What? That happened to us. And mm. it's happened to us in places like, I mean, even the other day, we weirdly, you know, we were going to, it's what, the end, very last day of May, 1st of June. Mm-hmm. We were going to drive through Yellowstone and all of a sudden, no, we're having a snowstorm detour. Well, now mm-hmm. there's a big detour, sadly, with uh, Yellowstone flooding. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's, you know, nature will change and we just got to be prepared and watch what's going on. But that's the beauty of it, too. And that if you're prepared, it's like, oh, cool. We get to see snow. We're prepared. We can, you know, manage things yeah. you know, from our side. And when you see the snow, I mean, you guys in the winter, so parts are closed, right? But some you can go snowmobiling. So winter and fall are, I mean, both those seasons are beautiful. Yes, they mm-hmm. are. As a matter of fact, uh, there are less visitors too in the, win- in the wintertime, in the spring, in the fall. Um, mm-hmm. I would actually encourage people to visit during the week 
uh, mm. to avoid the crowds on the weekend. And, you know, I, I hate for people to drive all the way from, you know, the valley floor from a city nearby and get to the area and then like Trail of 100 Giants. We only have so many parking spots at Trail of 100 Giants. And I would hate for you to drive all the way, you know, from Los Angeles and then find out that there's just no parking available for you. So right. I encourage you people to visit during the week and, or, you know, in the off season, you know, maybe June 1st, you know, for the first couple of weeks of June, right after Memorial Day weekend is a good time because everything's open. And, you know, don't wait for the July 4th holiday weekend to come uh, see us. I would encourage you to come, you know, first couple of weeks of June is a great time to come visit. And then maybe October after everybody's gone back to school, October is a great time of the year, as long as we don't have wildfires putting smoke into the air, that that's mm -hmm. something that you want to plan for. Uh, check before you come visit to see if we do have any wildfires in the area, because the airshed does get impacted by that. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, right now, it's just a gorgeous time of the year to visit us. What mm -hmm. about plants? You know, we talked about trees. Obviously, that's the big plant. But, you know, you've got weird things that pop out, like in the snow time, those little, <laughs> what are those uh, snow Ice things? Plants, the little oh, the snow red, flowers. The red ones? Yeah. Those what are those? Snow flowers. Mm, those are beautiful. Yeah. Are they, they're fungus? I don't know what they are. But they're yeah, like these they're... crazy little red spikes that pop out of, you know, like, what was that? Like, that looks like it belongs on Mars or something. It's it could cool. be a bulb. You know, yeah, I know. Like we have to cold. look it up again because we've done. Yeah. I remember researching it years ago. And we have to revisit it, but you've got that, and then mm -hmm. really the wildflowers too. I mean, the meadows are amazing mm -hmm. to see, and then the change of season. I mean, the dogwoods. Um, we saw redbud in in bloom the last time we mm -hmm. were there last spring, and dogwoods, and then the fall. The dogwoods are really pretty. Do and you the get aspen. them in the forest? Yeah, the aspen changes colors See, that's in October. Different. Very pretty. That's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So for fall, I know we're talking about fall. Why not? Because we're in we're in summer already. So we might as well talk about fall. And so when does that typically? I know everything changes in nature these days. When does the change of colors happen? Because we always think of back east when you think of changing of seasons, but you can see it in the sequoia. Yeah, we usually get the aspens start to change color in about October. And so it's a great time to come see before all the leaves fall. And it's, you know, the greens and the yellows and the, and the gold mm. colors is just gorgeous. Mm. Nice. Man, it's awesome. We love it. We love it out there. Mm. We miss you guys. You know, it's like, ah, we used to our annual fix. <laughs> we gotta get yeah. back out. Well, hoping that there's no big fires this year. We're crossing our fingers for sure yeah. for that because none of us want any of that. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. But thank you so much for joining us again. It's always good to see you, Denise. Well, this time we get to see you, right? We've yeah. done a lot of shows over the years in audio. It's great to have you back on. But I want to give everyone uh, the website uh, for the forest. Again, it's fs.usda.gov forward slash Sequoia. Just type in Sequoia National Forest. You'll find it. It's also covered on nationalparktraveling.com. But also to plan your visit, go to discoverthesequoias.com. That'll connect you with the communities. You know, if you want to stay in downtowns and go shopping, dining, uh, go to different festivals and community events, that's a great website to visit. 
uh, from the Sequoia Tourism Council. And of course, like I was saying, we do this every first Thursday uh, that we talk about. It's our travel shows, travel to Larry County shows. So uh, it's always, you've got to talk with the parks and forests every time because that's what it's all about out there. And of course, agriculture too. You want fresh fruit and, you know, nuts and, uh, oh my gosh, you've just got to go. So anyway, first Thursday, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you so much, Denise. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. Thank you. You You too. too. Bye-bye. of households that start the year with peloton are still active a year later 92 percent because of a bike not just bikes we also make treadmills and rowers oh let me guess for elite athletes only right nope it doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals 92 percent stick with it so can you try peloton bikes tread or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial new members only not available in remote locations see additional terms at onepeloton.com home trial